And welcome back to episode 84 of the Weekly Tech Ramp with me, Jay. And me, Carl. Well, dear listeners, this is actually recording number two of the Weekly Tech Ramp, episode 84. <laughs> As episode one, which we tried to record yesterday, um, well, I'd say episode 84, take one, uh, encountered some technical difficulties, which has resulted in a dead microphone, which I'm staring at here, a dead snowball. Um, it has served me well, but your time has come to go to the great tech heap in the sky. <laughs> so hopefully this is coming through loud and clear as we are using backup facilities. Well, I am at least. Carl is uh, not. Carl is on a, your, your standard recording equipment, aren't you? I am indeed. So then, let's kick off then this week. So we have got, well, it's acquisition time all over again with the best part of what, over 15 billion plus being spent across the industry with uh, interesting players snapping stuff up. Kaiseya probably been the interesting one there and also uh, SailPoint. But we've also got some audio in there, Intel making some uh, moves. And then we're going to talk Meta Pegasus. TSMC and Intel again, and of course the return of Tech Rat Rumor Mill with uh, me. Uh, Quo, that's all I'm going to say. Quo's latest Quo. rumors, but it's not an Apple one, so hold fire. But there is some Apple rumors in there. Right then, Carl, should we get kicked off then with the first story of the week? Yes, yes, we should. Yes, yes we should. Uh, we should do indeed. Um, yeah. You've got to have to speak. Yeah. Get you? my words together. <laughs> uh, yes, as as you were mentioning, a Kaseya. Um, Wow. So yes, that Cassandra, the, you know, the one from the was it the infamous Reevil ransomware Re-evil. attack, <laughs> where Reevil infected their their, their, their software, and Cassandra make remote IT management software for thousands of customers. So yeah, Reevil infected their software and used their software to deliver to deliver ransomware to all Cassandra's customers. Uh, so a, yeah, that a was nice what, supply last chain year, attack, wasn't it? wasn't it? It was indeed. Uh, so. And I think this is probably a li- too little too late, but, and they could have done with this a year and a half ago. But they've just bought a company called Datto for $6.2 billion. And they they develop backup, disaster recovery, and ransomware protection solutions. So, yeah, really, really could have done with that a year and a half ago. What's the phrase? Horse bolted? <laughs> That's the one, yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so Datto, as you say, Datto, quite an interesting little service here, aren't they? As you say, disaster recovery. Uh, only been around, what, yeah, seven years? Seven years? Yeah, about take, that, Yeah, so seven years. Started off as, you know, startup land, uh, raised around 100 million over their sort of uh, seeding period. Then they were picked up by Vista, who were... Uh, as we've said before, buy everything, it seems, isn't it? And I think if you've mentioned before... <laughs> they do, indeed. Do a, they I've do worked a, for a Vista equity company. You have, haven't you? Um, they typically buy up and take companies public, don't they, again? Uh, they and do, make a good yep. profit. So they bought them in 2017, uh, and then they were spun out back into a public company in 2020. So, yeah, yeah. they've had data themselves have had an interesting little run, um, and then Kaiser have come along. But it's not Kaiser themselves, isn't it, that have kind of opened their wallet up here and splashed no. ale cash it's a bit of a weird mix isn't it yeah there's a there's a whole kind of whole conglomerate really isn't it we've got we've got insight partners tpg temasek sixth street and other unnamed investors but it seems like a large group are putting up this six six point two billion yeah so temasek's the one that jumped out to me i think i said to you before is yeah. there a part of a singapore-based um equity firm they've got a really really diverse portfolio across many different brands they own even like a even have a, a security cybersecurity company that's kind of part funded by them as well um tpg is uh an american investment firm um which has got i think it's somewhere in the like of nearly 115 billion 
and TPG is like somewhere 300 billion plus investments. So yeah. you could ask you, and I think we kind of were alluding to this, is what have Kaiser given up here, haven't they? Because if Kaiser aren't yeah. paying up front, what are they? What have they given up? I mean, what pound of flesh have they dropped? I guess mm. you know to to these a investment firms. A chunk to the company, I imagine. Possibly uh, so. Uh, are they publicly traded? Uh, that's are a private company. Do you know off the top of my head? I cannot remember. Uh, you know what? Tell us, El Google. Google. El Google will uh, tell us. Uh, Google, Google, Google. What have we got here? Google. No, <laughs> they're wants to pre-IPO. Yeah, pre. Yeah, yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, so I imagine they've given up a chunk of the company for that. That is a very likely. Uh... Oh no, Kaiser are owned by Insight themselves. Oh, are they? Right. Okay. Yeah. Ah, so Insight have, have put some more money into it and then got the other guys to help out as well. Yeah. So according to Wikipedia, so throw a pinch of salt in there with a large, large bucket of salt, probably. According to Wikipedia, uh, Insight Partners. Um, have a a large stake in Kaiser, um, yeah. So well, yeah, you're right. Now. Well, a lot, yeah. So I would say that. So mm. interesting. Yeah. So here you are. So um, owned by Insight Partners, Kaiser is headquartered in Miami uh, with branch locations across the world. Blah blah blah. Uh, been around since 2000. It has been acquired 13 companies, most of which have operate under their own brands, i.e. the Kaiser, uh, including Unitrends. Oh, I remember them. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. They were, weren't they? Back okay. up, Unitrends were back up, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, so may, maybe yeah. they are ready for their IPO. They're just bolstering their their complete solution stack. Well, and filling in the gap of supply chain concerns, yes. ransomware. Yeah, <laughs> well, the irony. The, the irony here is is huge, isn't it? Ransomware. It is. <laughs> but yeah, interesting <laughs> to see what what comes out of that, and whether or not, as you say, it'll be wrapped in um, as part of an offering, or whether it'll be kept separate. Who knows? But yeah. Uh, who knows? yeah. Horse bolted, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, who else have we got then? Splashing El well, Cash. This Sonos. Week? Sonos have been Ooh. splashing a hundred million on a company called Mate. They're a Danish company. M A Y H T. Mate. Mate. Maybe. Mate. My, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, my mate. Mate. Um, yeah, but when I've not heard of these guys before, but the tech looks pretty cool. So, what they're doing is they they built a really compact transducer. For speakers, so that's the, that's the main part that converts you know electrical energy into sound waves. Uh, but apparently, it's well according to the blurb on the website, it's ten times more compact, flatter, and lightweight audio without comprising on sound quality or, or the maximum output. Uh, but from what I've seen, it is pretty cool tech. And say so cool enough that Sonos splashed a hundred million on it. Um, yeah, I think one of the byproducts I'm reading here is it's actually really low power, uh, low power enough to run from solar panels. Wow. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, reading one of the, the the articles about this acquisition, actually, he was saying he, he saw them at a stand at, I can't remember what, what show, it could have been CES, I think, and they were actually comparing their speakers to Sonos products and showing how much better audio quality you get from the size. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you can't that's... beat them, join them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't buy them, sorry. You can't well, beat uh, yeah, them, buy them. <laughs> well, that, is, that, that definitely is the, the logic, isn't it, of uh, a lot yeah. of these firms now. Um, you know, why waste all the time and money on R&D when we'll, we'll just buy you? It's so cheap. Someone's already spent that money and we'll just buy you. Yeah. Um, interesting, though, because if you think back in the day, that's what Bose were famous for, wasn't it? Do you remember the Bose famous little speakers, the alarm clock ones that you had? Yes, you know, yes. That, the, that kind of classic. Yeah. Lot, not a lot of space. That's right. And they were super expensive, but that classic sort of, I want to say, almost like a rectangle oblong shape, wasn't it? Um, yeah. That you had there. Um, and I guess, you know, for Sonos, they've, you know, they've moved into other markets. 
they've done partnerships with other brands. IKEA is one that jumps out. I've got a couple of those Symphonics. Symphonics. Yeah, I need to speakers, buy a couple of those, actually, which are really nice. They're cheaper way. than the uh, the Sonos ones, but give you exactly the same capability. And the AirPlay Two as well. So nice little, uh, nice little tack there. And um, they literally are bookshelf speakers, aren't they? You can yeah, literally. Yeah, they just bookshelf yeah, and look yeah. like a book. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There wasn't. There's no irony there. They are, but yeah, it's, it's very cool. Like you know, and interesting. A Danish come. Uh, sorry, not Danish. Excuse me. Uh, Dutch company, as you say. Oh, Dutch is Dutch. Sorry, apologies. Was it Dutch yeah. or was it Danish? Did I misread that? I thought no. Ooh. They were Dutch. They were Dutch. I knew. My, I'm reading my notes Dutch. here. Like ah, no, no, me. I didn't write it in my notes. I'm just going from memory. Ah, but uh... ter- terrible card. The production standards of this show are slipping oh, even further under. Research, research, research. Um, yeah, Dutch company. So interesting because I don't know if you know Bose have got uh, the European headquarters are in Netherlands as well. Yeah. So interesting that you know they haven't picked these people up. But I guess Sonos got there first, and 100 million in uh, greenbacks has a sealed the deal, yeah. isn't it? Indeedy. So I wonder what they will bring out. We're interested to see what it comes out. I, you know, probably won't be anything anytime soon. Will they soon, make but... smaller products, or will they use that technology in the same kind of style and shape products just to make it better, louder, quality and louder? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm looking at. A, I've got a Bose, one of the little Bose Bluetooth speakers here, right in front of me, yeah. um, about the size of a bit, bit larger than the palm of your hand. Yeah. Um, you know, great little sound package here. But you know it's quite weighty, quite a heavy little thing, you know. And you know, it does take it's powered by a USB. But you know, like you say, something that can be low powered, potentially, you know, uh, solar is fantastic. Imagine the applications that in gardens or out to pubs or or anything yeah. like that. Oh, definitely. Cool. Very nice. I mean, I love things like that. I think great little uh, thing. Yeah, you know, new tech, isn't it? As opposed to it is. you know, established stuff. Right then. <clears throat> so then, from uh, from from no. uh, small purchases to uh, even bigger purchases again then yeah yeah a huge one isn't it a uh, 6.9 billion so uh sale point uh they're a, an identity access management company it's a bit like okta and ping uh they've been bought say for six nine 6.9 billion dollars by toma bravo now that's a company not a person <laughs> Just to be clear, I read it as Thomas Bravo. I'm like, well, he's got a lot of money. Thomas, no, uh, that's a company. Uh, so that's the, you know, an investment. Just to fund. be very clear here, <laughs> yeah. So th- these were the same investment firm that uh, led Sellpoint's Cell first fundraising in 2014. Oh, okay. But they've currently, you know, they invest in things like McAfee, Sophos, Barracuda. Um, who else? Yeah quite a few more but um oh they also got proofpoint so that they own proofpoint ah. as well they bought them for 12.3 billion back in 2021 so that's again taking them pub- from public to private and return yeah I... i'm not sure our sell so proofpoint were public and then went private but i don't yeah. know sales but i think sell point are they still private i think they were still private i maybe maybe yeah. uh oh no 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 they can't be because they can't be because it, it no no we're being stupid sorry it's a misread yeah they they their stock um their stock uh, had a thirty percent increase ah okay so I imagine they will be taken private then yeah I think this is I say it echoes the echoes the proof the proof proof, proof, proof point. point couldn't get that word out yeah sorry yeah. so sell point technology holdings um and uh, they're on the NY the New York Stock Exchange under sale great little tag there. Uh, they have a market cap uh, of around uh, six billion. Um, okay, so they're, so they're they're, a over the odds. Yeah, so their stock was rallying high um, 
they had a rally of the stock on Monday the 18th, where they high of 64, um, but it has now leveled out around uh, just a 64 flat, give or take. So it's yeah, yeah it's trending quite high post uh, post the news of this uh, you know acquisition. Um, but yeah, Sellpoint, interesting players. You say that in the identity and access market. Yeah, um, you know again. Similar places, Okta, <laughs> who yeah. we've spoken about recently, uh, and again, you know, they do a lot of network resources, and again, it's zero trust, isn't it? Which is another another area. Um, but yeah, I guess Toma Bravo there, which is a proof point, McAfee, Sophos, Barracuda, nice little portfolio they've got building up there, isn't it? Yeah, of, uh, it is. of of security firms. I wonder if there'll be any crossplay between them. I mean, I I'm know. surprised if, if they might want to. Um, hmm. But you know, it's. Identity and access is probably the hottest area right now. I think in, in IT, isn't it? You know, um, cloud cloud has become standardised, but identity and access, and I think post post COVID, as we saw the work from home and all of the uh, you know the, the ability for getting you know that network perimeter no longer being in the LAN as it used to be, is yep. it? Is now yep. everywhere that somebody logs in. So anything you know, technologies that does that be interesting. But I wonder, I wonder how many of the Sailpoint team will stay on post acquisition, uh, or whether you know it will be a. Well, I don't know. A, a time to I, move on, but if you you know, depends how depends how much Thomas Brava medal for want of a bit of a word are what are their plans for them? Um, if it's anything like you know. Are they planning to completely strip them down, split things out? Are they just buying them to invest more money and sell it on later? Are, you know, I don't know. Quite, I... quite untouched from an <laughs> operational point of view, you know, I... from day to day for people working there. I would say they'll probably stay untouched. I think that, I think this is a long strat- long term mm. investment strategy. I mean, you're taking yeah. them private. You're paying a forty eight percent increase above the ninety day stock average to yeah. shareholders. So that's kind of like that's kind of you see value in the firm there, isn't it? Yes. Um, but yeah, as you say, perhaps it will be just kept as a separate business um, in the same stable of companies then that uh, yeah, Tom Bravo has. Family, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I mean, the I I don't. Oh, I'm losing my voice. I think the access market um, has. They reckon there's a growth of 10 billion within the next couple of years, which is you know a massive, massive growth area. You can see why yeah. firms want to be here, don't they? Yeah, there's money to be made. Oh, God, yeah. Definitely money to be made. Um, but, you know, all I would ask is is that just don't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> look after it, gentlemen. Look after it. So we've had Kaiser, We've had Sonos. We've had Sailpoint. So that's 6.2 billion, 100 million, 6.9 billion. Who else have we got? Well, this is an undisclosed someone. I uh, Undisclosed some, I should say. So Intel. And this one's thrown me. So they've just acquired a Namkey who uh, provide open source software defined services uh, for 5G. Uh, so, you know, yeah, and, and, and Namkey sounds like an Amazon brand. Um, it does, doesn't it? But, you know, their pitch is to make uh, private 5G as easy to consume as Wi Fi for, for enterprises. So it's really it's a software based 5G stack. Small cell radios, SIM cards, dashboards, and for monitoring and you know analyzing network activity. Um, interesting. These were spun out of a non-profit, uh, yeah, I saw Open that. Networking Foundation only a few months ago, <laughs> and their aim was to commercialize this open source network technology. Or well, Intel just went and bought them. That I, to me, that still looks like Intel 
knew exactly what was going on here and were like, we want that and we're going to get it before anybody else does. Exactly. So I mean, the plan is apparently to merge them into Intel's networking, the Edge Group. But this yeah, is open. This me. is this is all the open RAN stuff, isn't it? And open, it as is. you say, yeah. But Intel got out of the cellular game back in 2019 <laughs> when they sold their XMM modem division to Apple. Yeah, but it's not about the modems. It's now about the stack, isn't it? And that's it is about where... the stack. But they the, and Nanki do the whole stack, the software-based part of it, but also the the cell radios, the SIM cards. They do the hardware as well. Yeah, but and that that's what I'm saying. This is this is an interesting place. You're right. It's not Intel don't care about the I guess the lower level of it. They want the stack no. control. You know, yep. as you say the software piece is really interesting well because you know people like VMware and um, you know and uh, own that stack as well. You've got companies like um, uh, oh blah, blah, blah. what's the German telecoms company? Brain's gone dead. Um, oh, um, T-Mobile, T uh, System, T yes. Systems, and all that. You know they. They do a lot of Deutsche Telekom. They do massive plays in that as well. They've got partnership with, you know, all of the main telcos want to get into that area um, and leverage, you know, the, you know, basically the whole end-to-end stack. So yeah. for Intel now to have a controlling part of that, which, you know, yeah. as you say, it's been spun out of the foundation. So it's going to have standardized, standardized, you know, piece there. They can now commercialize all of that software that they've been building around um, <clears throat> the SD SD WAN and SD, uh, you know, core SD RAN, excuse me, piece, yeah. and all that as well. Yeah, this is an interesting play. I suspect a lot of money changed hands here. Probably not quite seven billion money, but a lot more money than it probably was to spin them out of uh, the uh, ONF. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but a good name of it, though. I mean, where do we come up with this stuff? And then, who knows? I'm, I bet you there's. I bet you there is uh, some, you know. Where is it? Because I, I was when I was doing my research, I found something posted last year in September, which yeah. it said the which made me laugh when you think you know it aged well. Uh, the ONF conceives Ananki as Red Hat of the open source private five G, uh. <laughs> and um, yeah, and uh, yeah. So they it's a, it was to do with Ananki is a corporate entity or was a corporate entity to push the mm. uh, Ether. A E T H E R project as commercial as 5G. And that ether, interestingly, got 30 million in funding from DARPA, you know, the US Defense Research oh, Project. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's apparently it's concerned it builds up on uh SD core, SD fabric, SD RAN, and and it's all Kubernetes based and open sourced. Yeah. So Intel have made a very smart play here, haven't they, to do that. Have, that is yeah. a very, very tactical play to get in there and buy that before any other competitor I bet does. They didn't pay a lot for it. No. I, it's less than a billion, easily. I, I reckon as long as they match the funding that the government have put in to, for yeah. that project and gave them a return on that. A yeah. couple hundred million, I reckon. Yeah, massively. And that seems to be money well spent. Because now they've got, well, it appears they've got the, the you know the technology they've probably got the people as well that conceived it and now you've got uh you know integrated software stack that can work with hyperscalers edge networks across multi-cloud all the buzzwords <laughs> 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 um and i think yeah very interesting play and you're right definitely not one that they'll be um <clears throat> publicizing numbers on this time anyway right no. so then for numbers but yeah, mm. I was going to say, from splashing the cash to uh, taking a cut of the cash, eh? Oh, <laughs> Meta. wow. I mean, oh, just Meta. wow. Um, Meta just continues to surprise me. They're like, I don't know. Are you sure about Trump that? Trump of the technology world. Um, 
I mean, they've been very, very vocal about uh, Apple's, what, a 30% cut, haven't they, of the App Store purchases, or, sorry, 15% if you make it less than a million. But, um, but clearly this is a case of do as I say and not as I do, because they've just announced their pricing of all their cut for their new, is it Horizons Worlds? Uh, their, their metaverse, virtual world product, and all the ecosystem that goes with it. Uh, 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 are you ready for how much they're going to take from the developers? Go on then, go on. Forty-seven point five percent. Oh my! Oh dear! Uh, I'm sure Apple have got something to say about this, haven't they? <laughs> oh, they have. So you know that, that's that's made up of thirty percent for, for the from the MetaQuest store and Horizon World store or whatever will take seventeen point five percent. So. Yeah, yeah. Apple have obviously taken the moment to uh, have a pop at them for this, haven't they? Why not? <laughs> Why not? I mean, they've got they got a statement here where they just belittle them. So, so Meta has repeatedly taken aim Apple for charging developers a thirty percent commission for in app purchases in the in app store. I've used small businesses and creators as a scapegoat at every turn. Now, Meta seeks to change so to charge those same creators significantly more than any other platform. Uh, Meta's announcement lay, uh, lays bare Meta's hypocrisy. It goes to show that while they seek to use Apple's platform for free, they ha- they happily take from their creators and small businesses that use their own. Which pretty much sums it up. <laughs> it does, and you can't, and you know, and, and during the Epic situation, you know, Facebook or oh, Meta, excuse me, were making comments, weren't they? They were apparently, you know, siding with Epic to a degree yeah. on the thing. They had some of their witnesses were face Meta. Well, they were Facebook yes. at the time, but weren't they executives um, doing? It? And it's just like they are living in a parallel universe to but, now walk yeah, out the door and say, "Well, actually, forty-seven point five percent of what you of these." Imaginary made up ones and zeros um, in in its universe or whatever metaverse. I yep. mean, what a complete and utter kick in I the face! I can see where from. This is the absolute bar. Uh, Forty-seven point five percent. It's absolute bargain compared to the Roblox store. Oh, so what's that charge there? I mean, I know it's kids are kids are all over that, aren't they? They but Roblox takes seventy-two percent. Oh, good God! So that okay. covers your app store fees. Investment into the platform and hosting and support costs for your content. So, as a developer, you'll only take home on average twenty eight percent of why? the price that you charge. Okay, then. Well, why? Why is nobody up in arms? Why are Roblox not being hauled in front of a federal judge? Um, who knows? <laughs> so, I'm sure Meta's argument is that we're doing the same thing, but we're doing it for thirty percent cheaper. That's just it's, it, this is it's again, insane, I, isn't it? I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm on the side of Apple hundred percent, but they are right. It's hypocrisy, isn't it? Because you can't have this. And like I say, Roblox doing 70%, yet nobody's kicking up a storm there. The difference is, is the money, isn't it? That is the point here. It is the, the amount of money, of money and yeah. scale, isn't it? That is the argument here. In that. And that Facebook or Meta aren't paying Roblox anything because they're not in the Roblox ecosystem. No. They're only moaning about it because they're in the Apple ecosystem. And wasn't there some NFT marketplace? I mean, don't get me started on NFTs, but oh, were they taking um, 2.5%? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, 2.5% or something like that. That's all they take. <laughs> I don't, uh, there is, I think, uh, there is other charges. That's, that's their commission, 2.5% of any sale. But if you are wanting to, I probably got terminology all wrong, mint an NFT or put it on the marketplace, there are other charges to do with uh, the costs of. I think it uses the Ethereum. It does, chain. yeah, yeah. So there are costs of getting your asset onto the Ethereum chain. 
Uh, and they can be fairly pricey, but then NFTs are fairly pricey too. So, but that's a one-off charge. It's not a yeah, it's not a percentage cut. It's just a flat fee. Very peculiar. <clears throat> yeah, I don't get Meta. I, I, I don't. Well, I do get Meta, as in they want all the money. Um, but what I don't get is, data. I don't. What I don't get is is how they can be confident considering. Um, considering you know like of all the backlash that apple got for all of this for 30 <laughs> percent and it's only 30 percent if you make over a million yeah yeah it's 15 percent otherwise yeah i know that's what i mean it's, it's like, it is absolutely nuts isn't it Over. yeah i don't know how they can keep a straight face no well i'm sure they are that's a, they are but it's they're laughing all the way to the bank <laughs> yeah they just they're just laughing i mean i don't know look i I have to be upfront. I've not had a play in the metaverse or been in the metaverse. And quite frankly, no. I don't want to anytime soon. No, no. Um, but, you know, you can't escape what's happening, isn't it? You cannot escape it at all. Um, no. It's it's just, <laughs> it's just a complete and utter daylight robbery. But, oh yeah. dear. Well, Zuck, well done. You, uh, you continue to give us things to talk about. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> Oh, well, from one spyware to another. Um, <laughs> oh, smooth. <laughs> we we have some news on. Uh, yeah, um, so Reuters are reporting that uh, senior officials at the the e, you know, EU Commission were targeted last year with spy software designed by the by an Israeli surveillance firm, uh, according to two EU officials. Um, yeah, and that Israeli firm was none other than NSO Group, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, yes, the NSO Group who. Uh made waves in the last couple of years, haven't they, with particularly around the, the Pegasus spyware. Yes. Um which they then sold to various governments and law enforcement uh, agencies the world over, didn't they? Yeah. Um and are also quite famous for buying zero days, aren't they? The the vulnerabilities yeah, that haven't do, yeah. been patched yet. So this is then um around, as you say, some EU officials Even including the one quite high commissioner, isn't it? Yeah, one high profile target there. Uh but NSO have completely, I must state, you know, we, we kind of have to state this. So NFO, uh, NFO, NSO, excuse me, have, <laughs> UFO, have denied anything to do with this, haven't they? Uh, and uh, they've, you know. They so, haven't got a great past record, though, you know. No, no. But, contradictory statements going out. <laughs> so I wouldn't take too much credibility in their denial. No. So they, so they're saying that uh, they were. Or routers, as you say, says that Apple alerted several of the the or the EU Commission to say that you yeah. know, these users had done that. Uh, they had um, Didier Reynas, uh, who is, as you say, was was the he was a Belgian politician who was the European Justice Commissioner. Um, yeah. There were four other staffers apparently targeted. Well, so this sounds this sounds doesn't sound to me like a random attack. This sounds like a targeted uh, piece oh, yeah. there, uh, and Apple had then. Uh, uh, issued uh, alerts to thousands of iPhone users last November, telling them they were targeted by state-sponsored attackers. Uh, and obviously, Apple have done leaps and bounds since then. You know, the amount of patching of iOS last year and continued yeah. to patch it um, around the, the Pegasus point here. So, NSO have basically said, haven't they, that this could not have happened with NSO's tools, which well, I think is have. the best, the best. Um, but interestingly, Reuters did point out, didn't they, that a similar spyware technology is sold by another Israeli company called QDream Quadream, um, yeah. which uh, which apparently is a long way. It's it's uh, 
again, it's the piece of a sending message, isn't it? So particularly in a lot of these cases, yeah. it's an iMessage that is composed with certain characters uh, that when you open that message, it uh, compromises your device. Um, and there were some dodgy ones floating around last year, wasn't there, around like, you know, that were bricking phones and, and doing other stuff. Yeah. But a Pegasus, though, I mean, you know, for what it does is quite clever, but the US has banned the import of it um, and the use of it. Uh doesn't mean it's not there anymore let's be honest i'm pretty sure the nsa and other three-letter acronym agencies probably still have a copy of, or reverse engineered it would you imagine i imagine so um but the eu hasn't banned the import of it or use of it which surprises me given that why would you not you know hmm well <laughs> unless you're using it I, 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 don't know. I don't know i did see something really interesting i was reading through the comments which is we always say on this show don't ever go down that rabbit hole somebody <laughs> oh, yeah. pointed out there was like somebody there was a comment in there uh one around the stories that said pregnancy also probably hacked android smartphones but android users don't get alerts from google or any other android oem and actually when you think about it that's spot on isn't it yeah i imagine so there's none of that so how many android devices are compromised and you can't tell me for a second that um that uh, there are no zero days uh, for uh, for Google, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, again, there's not much detail around what was hacked. If anything was taken here or they were compromised. But what I would say is, is that this is probably just a tip of a very big iceberg, isn't it? Massively, yeah. There's, there's a lot more of that out there. Yeah, so, I mean, there was... I did read when I was doing the research, which I had missed, that... Uh, they do think um, that somebody in the UK, in Britain, in the cabinet office in the UK, um, yeah. uh, was infected, and that that device did connect to a network at number ten um, as well, along with uh, other politicians in the Catalan area of Spain. Oh wow! Uh, with the <laughs> with the likely culprit there may have been the Spanish government. Uh, <laughs> I wonder right. why. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. Apple are never going to publish true stats on this, are they? Of how many devices have been published, but no. I would be—I personally would be very, very interested. Yeah, how to... widespread is this? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm, food for thought, my friend. Food for thought. Right then, yeah. let's talk chips because we love chips. In this program, and no, and I don't mean the potato variety with lots of salt because they're well, just I as could good. Do some of those? I'm hungry at the moment. Uh, it's time. Yeah, it's close <laughs> for lunch. Um, this is around TSMC then, and well. Are Intel snapping at the heels of TSMC? I know that was a statement we didn't expect to probably be saying for a little while yet, but TSMC themselves uh, may be suggesting that that might be the case, aren't they, from some of the the releases they put out? Yeah, they had one of their uh, financial quarterly reviews, whatever, and they basically said that they're going to be delaying the start of their production at a two nanometer node until the second half of 2025 or possibly even at the end of that year uh meaning we're probably not likely to see them in in products till probably 2026 at the earliest i'd imagine now this uh came on what the heels of intel's announcement just a couple of days beforehand saying that it's a 18a <laughs> just yeah. snappy yep. yeah you're gonna have to make clear on that because <laughs> we will do we'll now be ready for manufacturing the second half of 2024 rather than 2025 so the 18a node is actually 1.8 nanometer nodes and they also have a, a 20a node and guess what that is it's two <laughs> nanometers <laughs> and that's actually expected in the first half of 2024 so i mean intel are quite uh, optimistic here they are actually releasing what 
four no oh, five nodes in four years. So you, you've got your oh, we've got our seven nanometer basically now. We've got the four nanometer in the second half of this year. Three nanometers in first half of twenty three, and then yeah, twenty nanometer sorry two nanometers in first half of twenty four, and so on, and so on. So uh, yeah, they are being very very quick apparently to uh, get these out the door. Yeah, because as you say, so TSMC have said their two node will be uh, production um, by 2025, isn't Second it? half of 2025 or possibly yeah. into 2025. Yeah. But the Intel 18A, which equates to, was it, uh, angstroms. Yeah. So that's 1.8 nanometer, because an angstrom is smaller than a nanometer. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so effectively, one, effectively two, let's call it two nanometer to be straightforward, isn't it? Um, 1.8 is the second half of 24 now yeah that doesn't mean that we'll have full runs of production and tsmc are probably going to get ahead of them on that stage once they ramp up yeah. aren't they but yes yeah this means that intel could be first to market with at least a demo unit i suppose um yeah given I though the forward well from intel no. because they've not had a great track record even getting down to five let alone 1.8 well, well, this is the thing, because didn't we have last year we had the whole renaming, as you said, didn't they? So the ten the ten Intel's ten nanometer enhanced super fin node, which I again snappy title, was known is now referred to as Intel seven, isn't it? And which yeah. doesn't mean that it is a seven nanometer um no. process, but they feel that it's comparable to say TSMC seven nanometer. Um and their Intel four which is then previously was the seven nanometer yeah. uh, is comparable to four nanometer rolls. So actually Intel actually haven't got seven or four nanometers. They're just basically no. just saying that, well, we think it works just as good. Which it's not until they get me. to the 20A or 18A that they're actually naming the products after. <laughs> the actual where know, they the are. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, it's just, I mean, it's a hell of a jump. I mean, you can't deny that whatever's going on over there at the Intel Chocolate Factory is <laughs> it's quite impressive. You know, Pat is moving heaven and earth to get Intel back on the road, isn't he? You know, and he is. this is, I and mean, we're talking here design. We're not talking production because most of their fabs that they've talked about are nowhere close to, you know, no, they're going to be built state. first, these fabs. Yeah, you know, you know, 2025 probably is the latest, the earliest you're going to see any fabs, isn't it, realistically, especially the, yeah. the Arizona ones. But what would be the true output here is going to be the performance, isn't it? Um, and whether or not TSMC, but you know what they're going to produce, which will be things like Samsung chips um, yeah. and other competing AMD, obviously as well, isn't it? Uh, whether or not that'll beat Intel on performance, thermal output, and also power consumption as well. Those are the key metrics that the we power. care about. Yeah, Just power. Rain that in. And obviously, TSMC are making Intel's uh, GPUs, aren't they? They are indeed, which I guess is a good segue uh, into the next piece, isn't it? It is. So we've had some interesting benchmarks uh, results leaked, haven't we, of in, uh, Intel's upcoming flagship desktop GPU, the, the Arc A770. Um, uh, so these have been found on what, Geekbench, which is quite a, a popular uh, benchmark tool. Ah, uh, yes. OpenCL benchmark. Uh, rather than the more traditional OpenGL DirectX kind of benchmark. Um, so we, we've got some information out of it. It's got you know, 512 compute units. It's clocked at 2400 megahertz. The memory, strangely, is reporting as 12.7 gigabytes, but you know, it could just be a reporting error. It's an un unknown chip. Um, now, we probably need to take these with a pinch of salt. Well, one, because it's in a public database, but two, it's based on OpenCL, and that's not generally used for gaming. 
Mm. Uh, it's generally used uh, you know, to allow programs to be written once and then run across multiple different platforms, such as uh, CPU, GPU. So it's quite often used in uh, things like video editing programs, DaVinci Resolve, Final Cut Pro, Vegas Pro, Handbrake, because they can shift workloads between the CPU and the GPU to encode, but only writing one set of actual code. But yeah, um, I'm not sure what to make of these. Uh, and I say they're not representative of actual gaming performance, but Intel are coming in at 85,500. I don't know, score, marks, whatever we're going to call this. <laughs> yeah. Things. <laughs> uh, but that, that pretty much bang on uh, compares to the uh, NVIDIA's RTX 2070 at 85.8 uh, and AMD's 6600 XT at 82,500. But these are last generation cards, not current generation, aren't they? No, but <clears throat> my view here is that, uh, as you said, this is not uh, this is OpenCL, so this isn't you know. Yeah, real this is compute performance. performance rather than. But given uh, you know, I think to be really optimistic and realistic here, I think to come in not uh, you know um, and to pick up the GPU market where it's already established and out the door, uh, and to come in with that is good. And that, to me, something this tells me this isn't. This isn't, um, you know, production. This isn't here. We're seeing, you know, testing coming up. But to compete at 2070 isn't too bad. Now, you're right. 2070 and an RTX 6600 uh, are not, you know, today's flagship cards. But I'm running a 27 Super. It does play most stuff, um, you know. And, again, this is open only, open seal. We're not seeing other performance here. And, again, we're not fully understanding what, you know, uh, you know the bottle because this was paired, wasn't it? Didn't they say it was paired with a ninety six hundred? Okay, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, that could be a bottleneck. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but to compare it to a, a current generation card, the thirty eighties uh, clocking at one hundred eighty one thousand. Good, a hundred thousand yeah. jump more or less. It is. I do think, though, I think Intel are targeting mainstream. So yeah, this it, isn't it's, designed to be like NVIDIA with a CUDA and do compute no, and stuff like that. It's no. just purely aimed at gaming and stuff like that and yeah, media encoding. No. There's going to be high-end cards. You know, there will be competitive cards, but the bulk of them are going to be mainstream, aren't they? Yeah. Now, um, this is only their A-series, isn't it? The Alchemist. Um, I don't think we're going to see truly competitive to NVIDIA and AMD's, you know, cutting-edge ones until we get to... Is it, Battle Mage and Celestial BNC. Yeah, yeah. I, so this that, is their first stab at it in a yeah. very, very long time. And that's a couple of years out, isn't it? Let's be honest. You know what, yeah. what we've just talked about there. But I mean, I'm interested. I, I think it's good. It, it's it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> it could have been a lot, lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So 2070. If that's if that's where they're coming in, and these and don't forget, you know, these are Geekbench. This isn't official. This isn't you know people actually getting on. This is these kind of we see we also see it with Apple, don't we? So popping up in other chips. Um, so and this is purely compute. It isn't exactly performance. It's the ability for the, the GPU to take a compute workload and process it. Yeah. Exactly. It's not bad at all. Okay. Well, we'll see what comes out then. Right then. I think then, unless I've missed something, it's time nope. for the Tech Rant Rumor Mill. So, Carl, dig deep. What have you got for us this week? Well, I haven't just... Uh, what have we got first? Ah. Quo. It's, it's not an <laughs> Apple one. It's not an Apple one. But what the hell? I've sat, sat down. Oh, sorry, I am sat down. Yeah, this one threw me. I was like, oh, it's not, no, it's not Apple. Uh, uh, this is actually... He has some rumors about Meta's upcoming high-end VR headset. Um, he's saying it will launch the second half of this year. 
comes with two uh, 2160 by 2160 mini LED panels for the displays. Um, and these panels are dual element pancake lenses, which should make it uh, a lot thinner than the current models. Um, Meta expected to ship 1 to 2 million units this year. And it's going to support things like facial expression recognition. Now, he's calling this the Oculus Quest 2 Pro although he was calling it the Quest 3 uh, back in January. But to me, this sounds very much like uh, Meta's was it Project Cambria headset, their professional one they, they spoke about earlier in the year. And you know, the specs more or less line up identically. So either... He's, he's not convinced hmm. that is, though, is it? I, I don't know. So, I mean, either this is another new product line, so we're going to get Project Cambria and the Quest 2 Pro, which are almost identical, or he's got hmm. the name wrong. Well, I mean, let's be honest. It, it could be that he's got the name wrong. That that would seem logical. Because um, hmm. Meta very specifically said when they were talking about Project Cambria that this was not a Quest product line. So it's not going to be called Quest when it comes out. Okay. Okay. So I mean, it could be lying. It could be Quest Pro product line, which is technically not a Quest product line. No. I mean, you've got to ask some questions here, isn't it? So we know it's not, so it's not a Quest 3. Um, yeah. It hasn't got high enough resolution for mixed reality. So it is a VR headset then. Yeah. It does, these new pancake lenses uh, are interesting. So the design will be unlike existing Oculus VR headsets then with the yeah. shape and so. It's got eye and face tracking, which I thought was quite interesting. Yes, oh, that's the, that's the, um, they uh, Meta want to go with the metaverse, isn't it? They want yeah. to put a digital you in there and track what you're looking at and track yep. your facial expressions and reload that onto your avatar. And then obviously, but and it will launch this year. So those, I mean, that's some, you know, to me, that can't be, I mean, it could be Cambria. It could be Cambria. That's literally everything that says there is identical to what we pretty much know from yeah, Meta themselves. That's, that's what I'm saying. But that's the best, this is the overlap, isn't it, of... Is it or isn't it? I mean, it could be that this is they're spinning out two headsets and yeah. that um, one we'll is more than ma- Cambria, slightly cut it down and shift it as a quest. Yeah, more as a mainstream one. Um, uh, yeah, and as opposed to a high end pro, a pro one. But I don't know. More details need to come for this. Yeah. More details. Hmm. Well, well, I'm just still shocked that Meechan, Meechan, uh, Quora's not got a, an Apple one left this week. But we're not short of Apple, though, are we? Because I did see in the pot, I did see there was another Apple rumour in the pot. It's not just one Apple rumour. Well, a whole nine. table load of them. <laughs> yes. got, yeah, we've got all the goodies. So, German is apparently saying we're going to get nine new Macs shortly. Uh, most oh, that's a shock. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're going to get a... He's a bit light on details. We're going to get a MacBook Air with an M2 chip uh, and 10 GPU cores. We're going to get an entry-level MacBook Pro with the same M2 as the Air. So identical, just different chassis. Um, what else are we going to get? So we're then going to get a, four, a new 14 and 16-inch MacBook Pros, both with M2 Pro and M2 Max configurations. Now, he has got a, a little leak on the M2 Max saying it's going to have 12 CPU cores and 38 graphics cores. So that's, what, two more CPUs and six more GPUs than the current M1 Max. One for you, Jay. We're going to get a Mac Mini with an M2, but we're also going to get a Mac Mini with an M1 Pro. Oh, that's interesting. So is the M2 then going to be less powerful than an M1 Pro? M1 Pro? I don't know. 
hmm, would Apple release another M1 product now? If they're now I, talking about I, the M2s? I don't see them doing it. I see, I see Apple now moving into an iPhone-style upgrade approach where yeah. each generation gets a new iteration of a CPU. Really? Or, yeah. or if it's not a new iteration, it's an X. Because it will get to the point where yeah. they can't keep doing that. So I think you'll see things like uh, M2 Pro X or M2 Pro. You know, you see where I'm going with yeah. that, yeah? Yeah, um, yeah. Though, interestingly, just on that point, talking about would they do that? Remember the other rumor of the iPhone 14 saying that the low-end models of the 14 will have the same processor as the 13? Yes. And only the high-end ones will get a new... Um, a Where are we at? So I've got A16? Uh, yeah, so the fifteen will stay within the the lower yeah. end, and I think yeah. for a lot of I think for a lot of consumers they they don't care, and I think that's the same potentially with if you're buying a Mac, and I don't mean a MacBook Pro, but if you're just buying an entry level Mac, you want it to do the job that you're buying it for, not necessarily because yeah. it's got the fastest swing processor. No, uh, at this point in time, I think you're right, especially with phones. It's it's much for muchness now. It's only really us as kind of suppose geeks that really want all the cutting edge and are excited by what it brings whilst your average consumer just like yeah it's a phone yeah that's my logic on that but i you know i don't so i would be surprised to see them drop an m2 and then then push out another m1 um piece but i would rather i would imagine more that they'll drop an m1 pro mac but mac mini and then an m2 yeah, that would, that would seem that would make would that more logic, wouldn't it? Because but but the problem you've got, and I think as Gerben kind of alluded to, was how would that compete against? Why would you buy? Why would you buy that when for a few extra dollars you could get the base model studio? I don't know how much more is it going to be. Though the base studio is what two thousand more or less, slightly less, and yeah, the base and Mac Mini is six hundred. That's quite a lot of. Change in between. Yeah, well, I suppose if you yeah. bought an M1 Pro in at, I don't know, 1100, 1200, even 999. Uh, yeah, as we spoke about the other week, I still I wonder whether or not that uh, they're going to target the Mac Mini is going to become just the base desktop for you, your option. Yeah, that's my view anyway. But... All right, what else have we got then? What else have we got on that point? Our final one, our ninth one, we have the successor of the Mac Pro with its successor to the M1 Ultra chip. So an M2 Ultra chip, I suppose. And that's all he said. No no, no juicy information on that one. Ah. Interesting. Okay. Well, we're getting closer to WWDC. We're getting closer to more rumours, you know, for the rest of uh, yep. the year. I think we're, we're going to see, you know, more tidbits of an M2 uh, dripping. I wouldn't be surprised if Apple do... Um, do... Uh, uh, do allude to information to, uh, to yeah. WDC. I think they might do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the developers did roadmap, you know, a roadmap session or something. Um, so there'll be leaks around that. But yeah, I think all looking good. Well then, uh, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up for today. Then, so you can find us, of course, on techrant.online for all of our show notes and store information and of course you can find us wherever you get your podcasts wherever that might be uh we'll share it with your friends give us a like tell us tell everybody about us 
maybe not. Depends if you don't like it. Um, but let us know. That would be good so we can fix it. And, of course, we can find us on Twitter at Weekly Tech Rant, where, again, we post all our show notes and links and encourage you to sign up there as well. So we'll be back next week for episode 85. Good God. Uh, of all the latest shows, uh, information, tech news, and probably more acquisitions. Who knows at this rate? If there's any money left. And with that, I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good day, all. 